Hi, this is Dave Gale. Wouldn't it be great if we could get through life, or at least our workday, without any unpleasantries? Ah, uh, we all know that won't happen. Not only do we have to deal with difficult situations and trying people, but even our language contains words that make us uncomfortable and anxious. Now, this is uh, going to be the first of a series of uh, podcasts where I'm going to identify a number of uncomfortable words that we would rather not hear and propose a solution to dealing with each one of them. So uncomfortable words that we'd rather not hear. Here's the first, quote, personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. Now, I'm sure you're familiar with the concept. The idea is that every person is responsible for their own actions and that these actions have consequences. As a general rule, therefore, most people have created their own circumstances through the decisions they make and the actions they have taken. Now, of course, there are exceptions. You know, people are born with disabilities, for example, or they encounter situations for which they have no control. You know, someone's injured in a car accident or orphan at an early age, for example. Granted, there are events over which we have no control, and they can overtake us and shape our lives. However, for the most part, those are the exceptions. For the mass of humanity, at least in our work lives, the truth still remains that, generally speaking, we get what our actions have brought to us. Now, the idea to many, if not the majority of people, is a troubling and uncomfortable thought. You know, it's easy to see why. Every day, we're presented with examples supporting just the opposite view. The, the media loves to glorify the victims. The courts are full of people who want someone else to blame for their circumstances. And government exists, at least in part, to buffer people from the consequences of their own actions. In this environment, the specter of personal responsibility takes on the semblance of a monster in the latest teenage horror movie, you know, something to avoid and run from whenever it pops up. Now, I see this phenomena most frequently in the work that I do improving the effectiveness of sales systems and salespeople. Get a group of salespeople together and listen to the litany of reasons why sales aren't as good as they should be. It's the company, it's the product, it's the service, it's the price, it's the competition, it's the customer, it's everybody and everything except them. You know, the idea they can improve everything by improving themselves, in other words, accepting personal responsibility, that almost never crops up. It's been my observation that in any random group of 20 salespeople, only one has invested $25 of his own improvement in the last 12 months. Only one of 20 get it. What's it? They get that their results are produced by their efforts, and they can improve their efforts. Only one in 20 really accept personal responsibility. Now, I suspect salespeople are no different from the rest of us. Probably the 1 in 20 ratio holds true for many professions and careers. James Allen said many decades ago, quote, men are often interested in improving their circumstances, but are unwilling to improve themselves. They, therefore, remain bound. Getting to the point where you accept personal responsibility for your own life, your career, your business can be a life-changing step in the journey, freeing you of the internal constraints of a victim mentality and springboarding you to a life of greater achievement and fulfillment. 
at least it was for me. Here's, here's my story. You know, I'd been the number one salesperson in the nation for a company, my first full-time professional sales job. And I, I had it made. You know, I had an adequate salary. I had good benefits. I had a company car. I had the potential to make a bonus every year. And I had the respect of my employer and my colleagues. But the opportunities were limited. And I decided to move onto a job that was completely different. I took a sales job with a new company selling surgical staplers to hospitals. It was a leap. You know, from the secure job I had to one that paid straight commission, I had to buy my own samples. I had to buy my literature from the company. But, you know, I was, I was cocky. I was filled with success at my previous job, and I was sure that I could make this one work also. I, wa I was not hasty. You know, I looked at the amount of existing business in the territory I was slated to get and determined that if I doubled the business within six months, which was, in my mind, a very doable task, I'd be back making about what I was used to. Then, as I increased the business, my income and lifestyle would, would affect the difference. Now, it all sounded good. And I left my old job, and I arrived in New York City for six weeks of intensive training on the new one. And during the time I was there, my district manager was replaced. So the person who hired me left, and another manager came in who did not know me. When I arrived home after the training, the new manager was eager to meet with me. In our first meeting, even before I had a chance to begin working, he informed me that he had revised the sales territories. The territory that I thought I had, the one I was hired for, was not the one I was going to get. Instead, I was going to receive just a fraction of that. The new territory only contained about one-third of the existing business of the one that I thought I was going to get. So this change uh, meant my plans for making a living basically were shot. It now had become an impossible task. I was, I was upset and angry. You know, how could they do this to me? At this time, I had five kids to support, and I immediately began to look for another job, determined to quickly leave this unethical, uncaring company. Uh, but things got worse. You know, as I began interviewing immediately uh, for other jobs, and as I interviewed, I discovered that the people that I was, entering, uh, I was interviewing with saw me as the problem. Instead of understanding what this company had done to me, they thought I was an opportunist who was looking for an easy way out. Basically, after a few weeks, no one was going to hire me. So I grew more and more angry. I grew bitter. In addition, you know, I had very little success sell selling the staplers. After six months, my temporary draw had came to an end, and I owed the company $10,000, was making almost nothing, and had no prospects for another job. And I felt squeezed between the proverbial rock and hard place. That's where I was, between a rock and a hard place. But somewhere in there, I had an epiphany. I, you know, I don't recall whether it was an event or something, but somewhere, at some point, the light went on. Yes, the company was unethical. Yes, they'd done a bad thing to me. But the reason I was not achieving had nothing to do with that. It was my fault. It was me. It wasn't them. It was me. It was my anger, my bitterness, my resentment, my 
Yeah, victim attitude that was keeping me back. The product was still exciting. The opportunity was still great. The real uh, uh, problem was my attitude, my bitterness and anger were getting in the way of everything. So I accepted my responsibility to change my performance. I saw that I had to change my attitude. In order to change my attitude, I had to change my thoughts. In order to change my thoughts, I had to put into my head positive thoughts. So I decided to do that. This is, I mean, this is exactly what I did. I got uh, index cards, little three by five cards, and I, I wrote it down on, uh, each, on each card a very positive expression, very positive saying. I looked up Bible verses that were very inspiring things, verses like, if God is with you, who can be against you? You know, I wrote them down on those cards. So I had a pack of these cards. And then, as I drove into my territory every day along I-96 into Detroit, I held them in my hand on the steering wheel and flipped them, read them over and over to myself, flipping them one at a time. And slowly, I began to do away with my bitter attitude and replace it with hope and expectation. Because my thoughts began to change, my attitude began to change, and therefore my results began to change also things began to go better. Six months later, really truly, six months later, I paid off the debt to the company. I was making more money than I thought was possible and I was having more fun. The job was more financially re rewarding and more fulfilling than anything I ever expected. The change happened when I accepted my personal responsibility. I was responsible for myself. And when I finally got that, everything changed. Now, I'm probably not that unique. You know, I discovered that which millions of others have found. And that is this. When you choose to remain a victim, you hold that your circumstances are the result of someone else. Then you live in a world of anger, impotence, and depression. When you accept personal responsibility, you go forth with empowerment and expectation. As long as you're a victim, as long as you're a victim, your fate is, uh, is uh, in the hands of someone else. When you give up the victim mentality and you accept personal responsibility, man, you're empowered. You got, you got a power, an expectation. Personal responsibility is one of those words we'd rather not hear, but... It should not be shrugged off and avoided. It should be embraced. Okay? That's it. We're done. Bye-bye.